This message is a presentation of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information about the ministry of Vortex Church, please visit us online at vortexchurch.com. Y'all ever seen Antique Roadshow? Isn't that the craziest show ever in the history of the world? You take your junk in there and they tell you it's worth money. The other day I was looking around our house just trying to think about it. And I was like, I could take that. And I was like, no, we bought that at World Market. It just looks old. <laughs> right? That's just, I mean, I do that sometimes, you know, because it's amazing. The stories that you hear as we go through life of people that, that had something and they didn't know that it was valuable. But through the course of life, as they encounter experts, they find out that that thing that they've had for a very long time is indeed something that was valuable. It happened in North Carolina uh, in the late 80s. You may have heard this story before. If you have, just bear with me. Uh, Rob Cutshaw in Andrews, North Carolina, ran a little uh, roadside gem mine. Now, I don't don't know if y'all were like me, but when I was a little kid, that was an awesome thing to go do, you know, because they would give you a bucket of dirt and you would sift that stuff out. And at the end of the day, you might have a few rocks that were different colors, right? And they would tell you that they could like polish them and mount them, you know, that. but this guy operated one of those little roadside stands that did this, barely made a living. At times he would literally go and cut firewood just to pay the bills. On a dig, at one point in 1969, he ran across what he described as a large blue rock. And he took it to a stand and really never put prices on stuff. It just sat up there and he would negotiate with people when they wanted to buy something. And after it sat in his stand for a few years, he just took it home and put it in his closet. When the late 80s, he had learned a little bit more about the precious gems that he was working with. And he ran across this blue rock in his closet. And he took it to an appraiser who, with the help of some experts, estimated that it was the largest sapphire ever discovered in the history of the world. Only recently has it been eclipsed by one that was found in Thailand. At that point in time, in the late 80s, that sapphire was estimated to be worth almost $3 million. And it was sitting in his closet for 20 years. As we take the next steps into this series and dive a little bit more into the Sermon on the Mount, the largest recorded teaching of Jesus in Scripture. Jesus shifts the focus to treasure. And I'm concerned because, this is in your notes, perhaps one of the greatest regrets of our generation will be that we found our treasure in the wrong place. One of the greatest regrets out of our generation will be that we found our treasure in the wrong place. Because we live in a world that through technology, advertising, we have access to stuff that the world has never had. It's not that it hasn't been there. It's just the fact that I can go online and order it now. 
and have it in three days. Second day air. Right? That's crazy. It's absolutely absurd. I can watch an event that happens around the world live streamed from someone's phone. I can wrap my heart around a myriad of things. And I'm afraid that when we get to the end of this journey, one of the greatest regrets is going to be that we found our treasure in the wrong place because this is something that's important as we start to navigate what it means to move from living in fear to living in security. It is important to note as we begin to take our steps into this this morning as you're tracking with me that treasure and security are closely connected. That our treasure and our security are closely connected. And when our treasure is misplaced, that's in your notes. When our treasure is misplaced, so is our security. You see, when I find the treasure in my life in the wrong place, if I have assessed what treasure is incorrectly, it will lead to a life that is lived outside of the security that God wants to provide in our lives. So if we're going to navigate moving from fear to living in security, we have got to do that and address that. If we want to move from living in fear to living in security, we're going to have to address where our treasure is found. So I want to get into the text this morning. We're going to read out of Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn. If you've got your smartphones, that's great. Flip around. If you don't have either one of those, we'll put the scriptures on the screen for you so that you can read along as we read the word of God this morning. Let me set this up. As we go through the Sermon on the Mount, we're not going to go verse by verse, but let me set up where Jesus is at this moment. Last week, we began with the Beatitudes. That's how he steps into this teaching. But this this little passage of scripture is tucked right in between him teaching on prayer and then getting even deeper into the issue of security where he begins to talk about worry and fear. So there is this connection as we look between, in this context, between our relationship, the relational activity that we have with God and the level of security that we're living in. So let's dive into it. Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, there's a couple tensions that Jesus immediately begins to elevate as he starts to teach on treasure. The first one is the tension between heaven and earth. The tension between heaven and earth. 
Now, it's obvious for us that are believers and followers of Jesus that there is a difference between the way that God wants it to be and the way it is. There's an obvious awareness that this life is a little befuddled and it is not as God would have it. Like God designed this thing perfectly. We messed it up. And heaven is this place where it is as God designed it to be. And Jesus begins to draw this tension between these two places, the reality that we live in, this world, and heaven itself. But he also begins to draw a tension and connection between our heart and our treasure. And he begins to dive in and show us how those are connected. We'll get into that in a minute. But one of the things that I want you to see as Jesus is teaching that is so important for us to accept and embrace and understand about life in general is this, and it's in your notes, that we get to choose where our treasure is. You see, if you have misplaced your treasure and put your treasure in the wrong place, it is not anybody else's fault. It's yours. If I have found my treasure in the wrong place, and folks, there's a lot of times that I have. That is not uncommon in my life. It's my fault. Because God allows me to find and to place my treasure in this world. Now, this is one of those verses that when people go to quote it and say it to folks, they end up saying it all wrong. Because most of the time when people like to quote this verse, or at least the last part of the verse that we read in verse 21, they like to say this, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. But that's not at all what Jesus says. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Immediately anchoring the decision of where we find our treasure to be epic in its importance. Because if we decide to place our treasure in something, somehow our heart will begin to follow it. Now, sometimes, let me just give you a practical illustration. This morning, uh, because... uh, I just, I'm a very wealthy man. The ushers are about to come in and give everybody $10,000. I'm just kidding. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I want to go to that church service, wherever that's going down. But let's just say that happened, right? And I said, I'm going to give you 10 grand, one stipulation on Monday morning. You need to invest it in one company in the stock market. It's one stipulation. When you walked out of here, on Monday morning, you would, you would immediately start researching, wouldn't you? I mean, I got to figure out where, what company. I don't want to lose this money. I want to grow it. You start looking and doing some research, getting some opinions, calling somebody. And on Monday morning, you would make that call and invest the money. You Starting Tuesday, you start picking up the newspaper. <laughs> Turn into the stock reports and see where that stock was. If you have a smartphone like me, you might keep it on the 
the front page of your smartphone where you can pull it up and track how that stock is trending. Because all of a sudden, where your treasure is, now your heart is. See, treasure is of epic importance because when we misplace it, we misplace our security. And God invites us through Jesus, especially as he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He invites us into a relationship with him that is stacked on top of security. He invites us into a relationship that is built on security. God, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, through Jesus, is telling us, you can trust me. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear or in anxiety or in worry. You can trust me. But the decision of where we choose to place our treasure will lead either to security or to fear. And so this morning, I wanted to help you by going through what I consider to be a list of some things that in our culture, we have blown it by misassigning misplacing treasure in these areas. And it's so easy to do. As a matter of fact, let's look at this first one. Our job. I mean, we we live in a world where the analogy of the corporate ladder I mean, that's just, that's the reality of what we live. Everybody wants to progress, to get more, to get better. But we also live in a culture where those people are willing to sacrifice exponentially for that job. So let me ask you a question that you need to ask yourself occasionally. It's a really simple question, but you need to ask yourself because we constantly need to monitor where we have allocated the treasure in our lives. And it's this, whose opinion matters more, Jesus or your boss? Whose opinion? In your life, are you worried about what Jesus is saying about you or about what your coworkers are saying about you. And with your job, are you trusting your job to provide for your family? Or are you trusting Jesus to provide for your family? Because I've seen in this economy, I've seen men who have dedicated their entire lives to companies lose their jobs in downsizing and men who are living in half million dollar homes move into two bedroom apartments and we're willing to throw so much on the altar to sacrifice for that job for what for what the second one Man, I don't. The world has just gone crazy. That's all I'm going to say about this one. Um, but have you found your treasure in your pets? 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know. The, the people who have these, and you see them out, you know, they're, they're everywhere they go, their dogs got the same dress on that they do, you know. And they, I, I mean, diamond studded collar on a dog, that doesn't make any sense to anybody, does it? Doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, that doesn't mean pets are bad by any means. But if you have more trouble writing a check to go into the offering than you do writing a check to get your dog groomed and cut and painted and studded, there's a problem. If at the end of the day, it is more comfortable for you because a dog is sitting in your lap and you're petting it instead of your Bible sitting in your lap and you praying to Jesus. We have misplaced our security. This next one is, I think in, in our, especially our local culture here in Albemarle in Stanley County, this is the one. There ain't a whole lot of diamond-studded collars running around Stanley County. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who have misplaced their treasure into relationships. And, and it's tough, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back together as we get done. But it just let me tell you that the stuff that I'm talking about isn't bad. It's bad when it's our treasure. You see... There's some of us got some best friends that we love them because we've been friends since we were in high school together. I mean, I know them. They know me. We are just tight. But they're horrible for you. I had a friend that called me this week. His son was arrested. And he said, you know, my son has been arrested twice in the last two years. And every time it's been when he was hanging out with this one guy. I was like, well, don't hang out with that guy anymore. That, that's not that hard, you know? I mean, sometimes people pull the ugliest stuff out of us. But it goes even deeper than that. Especially in the context of family. Man, it is easy as a husband, to find your treasure in your wife. It doesn't mean that she is not a treasure, but it is easy to find your whole treasure in her. And it's easy as a wife. It's very easy to find all of your treasure in your husband. But when I place my security in my spouse, I will go to them and rely on them and step on top of them. And I have a great wife I don't even want to pull any punches on that. I promise you that she is one of the most exceptional people I've ever known in my entire life. Last week, she had the flu. I was coming down with a cold, all right? And she was rubbing my feet because I felt bad. That's the kind of woman she is. But she is not strong enough for me to stand on top of. There is no way in the world she can ever be my foundation. And when I find my security in there, my security will always be in question because she's a human being and we all make mistakes. 
You know, in that, I think a, a question to ask ourselves is when, when the stuff starts to hit the fan in our lives. And it's going to. It's going to happen in all of our lives. Occasionally, there's going to be problems. It's going to hit the fan. The question is, where do you run when that happens? Is your first inclination to call your best friend problem? Is your first inclination to call your spouse problem? Is your first inclination to call your parent problem? We need to orient ourselves to look to Jesus first. Because when he's our security, he's our treasure, I can rely and rest on him. Let's move on. I think that it's very easy to misplace our treasure into treasure. We live in a world that, that has made it very easy to look at wealth as something that is uh, advantageous and it's, a, it's just different, folks. I, I tell you what a good friend of mine who's got a whole lot more money than we do said, you know, a millionaire has a millionaire's problems. <laughs> and, and that is so very, very, very true. But money is one of those things that we can very easily begin to sink our security into. We can look at our checkbook and our savings account. And, and, and the question in this is really, how do we navigate life? Where are you finding your security? Are you finding it in the fact that your checkbook is full enough? That you have a certain balance in your savings account? Or is your security being drafted out of the treasure that you have in Jesus? And a few other things. The next one is, and, and, I, and, and this is, I think, a very dangerous trend that we see beginning to emerge, uh, especially among uh, millennials, people who are maybe just slightly younger than me, those folks in their 20s and, and teenagers. And that's this, that they find their treasure in an experience. That it's, it's all about experiencing something. And that's not just like something bad, right? I'm not just saying like going and getting high. I'm just talking about they find their treasure in an experience. But when you're more concerned about doing something that's fun rather than doing that which is right, there's a problem. And what's right's not always going to be fun. And we need to accept the fact that if our treasure is correctly placed, that at sometimes it might not be the funnest season at all. And the last thing, and I think that if I could just speak as a parent, I think that this is one of the easiest temptations in our little world that we live in right now, and that's to make our treasure our kids. Now, kids are a gift to your family to enjoy and to steward, but ultimately they belong to Jesus. If you ever get the idea that they belong to you, you've already messed it up.
And we live in a world where I've seen in so many times working with families where, and especially when you get to that like 10 to 15 year old window, when I see families driving to this practice and this practice and this rehearsal and that rehearsal and got to go to this lesson, then this. And the parents are literally being dictated from six o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. Their lives are completely dictated by their kids. And I just want to ask you a question, a diagnostic question when it comes to that. Who's leading your home? Who's, who's lead? Who's the lead person in your home? Because I certainly hope it's not you. And I definitely hope it's not your kids. I hope that Jesus is leading your home. How many times as parents... Have you, and this is so, this is one of those difficult questions, but it's a good question to ask yourself. How many times have you looked at your kids and said, I don't know whether you should do that, but I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to ask Jesus. And how many times have you said, you know what? You're not going to do that because God doesn't want you to. I've prayed about it and I feel like that's exactly where we're going. When was the last time you said no, because you felt like it was the best thing for your kid? Because it is remarkably easy in this world to say yes. And most of us grew up in homes where we didn't have a lot and we didn't have a lot of opportunity. And we want to provide that for our children. But when you've provided too much opportunity, I mean, listen, we've got to listen to Jesus and let him be at the center of all that. So let's go back again to Matthew 6 and look at this verse. And zero in. Matthew 6, 33. As Jesus is progressing. And we're going to look closer at this verse next week. But this verse ties in so well to what we're talking about today. This, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. I mean, Jesus, as he's progressing in his teaching, says, listen, all of that stuff is fine. But if you don't find your treasure in the heart of God, you will blow it. It's impossible to live in security when you've placed your treasure in something that's not Jesus. But all of those things are great things. Even the little doggies with the pink skirts on them, which I don't understand. I don't get that, but whatever, right? So all of it, pets, kids, family, relationships, money, it's all good. But it's not good as your treasure. You see, God has asked us through Jesus to look at him and to recognize that if I will seek him first, if I will put the highest priority on him, that somehow those things will be able to come back into my life in the right perspective, in the right order, and they will have meaning and purpose, but they won't be my security. This is in your notes. When Jesus is our treasure, 
we can truly live in security. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but in the early 1800s, a group of settlers from the Virginia colony towards the coast set off west to go exploring. They were gone for about two years, and in the course of that two years, they actually came across a gold vein in the Rocky Mountains. Spent about a year mining that gold vein and returned to Lynchburg, Virginia with a huge treasure. Now, these men were just average, normal men. They were not concerned about coming back and living with great wealth or great prominence in their community. Actually, what they wanted to do was to set up their families to live well from that point on. So they created a plan. And the plan was to take the resources that were in this treasure. It's called the Beale Treasure. It's really interesting. I would actually encourage you. There's been documentaries about it, all kind of stuff. Uh, it's featured on uh, Unsolved Mysteries not too long ago. Uh, one of those. This, so they created this plan as how it was going to be broken up. And they actually, these, these guys left again to go exploring. And they left a note with one of the, leaders of Lynchburg and they did not tell him what the plan was. They just left some documents with him and said, if we do not return within 10 years, we would just like you to open these documents and read the instructions. Well, 10 years passed and these men never returned. Dr. Beale, who was responsible as kind of the namesake now of this legend wrote in that package three ciphers. It's a a series, a long series of numbers. There were three of them, and researchers have come to understand that the first one is a map to where the contents would be. The second one is a list of the contents, and the third one is a plan for how the contents of the treasure were to be distributed. The Bill Treasure has never been found. At its time, based on the contents that has been decoded, the parts one and three have never been decoded. Part two was, based on the decode on part two, the contents at its time were worth $20 million in 1820. All right. And so, in the last few years... The Bill Treasure has gained prominence again. As a matter of fact, in the year 2012, researchers spent over 10,000 hours trying to decipher the messages and locate the treasure. And folks, unfortunately, that's where many of our lives are today. We have misplaced our treasure and we are working really really hard to try to serve it but it is not there you see when we misplace our treasure we at the same time misplace our security 
Because at life, at any moment in life, we make a decision to find our treasure in something other than Jesus. Instantaneously, our security becomes based on something else. And I'm glad that God, through his generous mercy, that through his great grace, he has allowed himself to be our security. That he invites us to look at him and to trust him and to know that this God is never going to fail us. It doesn't mean that life will be comfortable. It doesn't even mean that you will go, not go through some trials and some difficulties on the exact opposite. When you go through them now, our treasure isn't based in the stuff that we oftentimes get so befuddled because it gets messed up. See, my treasure is still in Jesus. I can walk through a trial. I can walk through it with grace and integrity because my treasure isn't getting messed up. My treasure belongs to Jesus and I can live in security, not in fear because I have found him. So where's your treasure? Where's your treasure? I mean, I know that there are a couple of things on that list that it's really easy for me just in a moment to shift and put my treasure in that. I know that it's often way too easy to find my treasure in these places, but I can tell you that if we're going to live lives that walk out of fear, out of anxiety, out of worry. The only way we're going to do that is if we find our treasure in Jesus Christ himself. Let's pray. God, we just want to take a moment today and thank you that you have invited us into a relationship that allows us to place our security in you. It is so easy in this world to find our security and place it in something that is broken and a mess. And Lord, God, as we, as we take these steps to walk out of fear and into a life that is filled with security. Let it be because we find our treasure wholeheartedly and completely in you. Now some of us in the room today, when we hear this, it sounds like a huge challenge. It sounds like a like I don't even know how any of this could ever happen. I don't know how I could not find my treasure in that thing. But let's, God, through your mercy and through your grace, God, let us see you today as the great provider, the great help. Now with every, every head bowed, nobody looking around, eyes closed, Nobody moving, everybody's still. just want to ask you a very simple question. It's just real simple. 
Have you found your security somewhere other than Jesus? Have you placed your treasure in something other than Jesus? And if you have, and you recognize this morning that you have the power to change that, God has given you that. And you want to change it. If that's you, You say, this morning, I've put my treasure in the wrong place, but I'm, I want to make a change in my life. I want to place my treasure wholeheartedly into the heart of God and find Jesus as my ultimate treasure. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else say, I've put my treasure in the wrong place? I want to move it to Jesus. Anybody? I just want to find Jesus as my treasure. Let me pray for those that have raised their hands today. God, Lord, we don't we don't get this world sometimes. Sometimes it feels a little confusing. God, today as we look at treasure and are reminded that if we would place our treasure in you somehow through your grace and mercy God we can live in security because I can trust you in a difficult time I can trust you in a in a trying time I can trust you when the bank account goes low when my kids act crazy when my spouse is off the reservation I can trust you Because, God, you are faithful. So today, God, point us towards that security of finding our treasure in you wholeheartedly. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. How about a hand clap for those people in here today that said that they wanted to find their treasure in Jesus?